It's good to be here this morning. And are y'all a little warm? I know some of us maybe a little. Always. Always. No, always. <laughs> I did. I, I did. <laughs> I did bump your thumb that stat down just a little bit. But then yeah, maybe a good little cooler this morning. Does anybody have anything before we? Uh, I want the Lord's prayer. In the way, uh, Pat called yesterday and she asked the church to pray for uh, her and my brother and sister in law. Uh, my brother's not doing well. So Pat's going to be there a little bit longer. Okay. Let's pray for that. Belinda Ayers texted me this morning. She's not feeling good. So she said she'll see us next week. Okay. Brother Wayne, uh, Sister Maggie, and Brother Kenneth have been real sick for a long time. Brother Kenneth's better. I talked to him uh, a few days ago, but Maggie's still pretty sick. So uh, let's keep them in our prayer. Remember our son-in-law. Uh, giving up church is a new thing for him. Oh, yeah. He hadn't done that yet, but he has now. So uh, if they need your prayers, they need but wait, remember my cousin, she, um, getting to rehab, she had a stroke, um, about two weeks ago, so, uh, keep, uh, keep Amy in your prayers, and, um, also, keep our little granddaughter in your prayers, she's going to be flying off to Ecuador soon, and, uh, uh she's our baby, she's, what, 16, 17, but she's our baby granddaughter, but, uh, She's so excited. I talked to her on the phone the other day, and she's just so excited. She said, you know, they tell me that this could change people's lives. It could change my life even. So she's just going with really open, an open heart to receive or to give whatever uh, whatever the case is there. So. Uh, Sister Nicole Ingalls, niece, texted me yesterday and said for us to ask the church to remember her in prayer. She's home from her hand surgery, and... Uh, she was hurting pretty bad, but uh, she wasn't on the stay with her. But uh, they're checking up on her and says she's doing okay. Anyone else? I uh, I told you last week that my grandson had to go to Putnam, uh, you know, Calvary. His last Monday, but it's actually tomorrow. Anybody that might have prayed, it still counts. Uh, the guy that knows the best all about it, he, he, he knows I'm wrong. <laughs> So Wayne, I'm just thankful this morning. Uh, we don't have a bunch of sickness. And I'm just thankful. Amen. 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 Brother Wayne, I got a friend. He didn't request prayer. He requested. He requested I send him some scripture to help him with what he was struggling with, because he's 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 concerned that he's trying to do everything on his own, and uh, he's not putting his trust in the Lord like he should and he feels the Lord's showing him that they're separating in that relationship. And so y'all remember Bonzel Williams when he prayed. Uh, he's a fine young man. Has come out of a lot worse situations than a lot of us can imagine. And put himself through the military, through college, and uh, just developed a fine man. And, and I love him very much. He's a close friend and I like to remember him in prayer. God bless you. Amen. You remember the Nichols family the loss of Bill this week. Yes. Dr. Smith and Dr. Wilson are traveling there, uh, Nicaragua and 
Salvador. We have so much to pray for. So much to pray for. And praises too. We have so much to praise for too. Uh, anyone else? But they was not done this in a while. Can this come to the altar? Amen. We have so much to lift up. Amen. And uh, let's just pray for these. And you know, that God's going to answer these prayers. And we know He will. We know He will. And, uh, and just thank Him for, you know, how He blessed us. And sure. I have so much to pray for too. Let's come to the altar and pray these to God. Amen. And uh, I'm going to call him Brother Bo. Would you lead us in this prayer? Question? See all the smiling faces. Amen. Just uh, uplifts us. You know, um, it's uh, not too many years ago. Uh, coming to church for me was a little bit of a worry because I just wondered how many we're going to have today. We're going to, you know, is everybody anybody sick? Or we're going to just be, you know, because we were just a little bit handful. And and I really worried about, you know. COVID was going, and what if we're all sick, and what if we don't have anybody there, and and, uh, and look, man, look at this. I've said this before, but, you know, I got so worried about our church one time 
that I was trying to figure out one night about 3 o'clock in the morning, laying there in the darkness trying to go to sleep and couldn't turn my brain off. What do you do to shut a church down if you have to, if it comes to that point? And I didn't know. I didn't know. And I told him, I said, Lord, I can't handle this. I'm going to turn it over to you. And lo and behold, what a blessing he has, he has granted upon us. Amen. Um, smiling faces. Amen. And now I, I get up kind of looking forward to go to church because to see who's here and how many people we got and, and kids coming and things. It's just a, it's a whole different feeling. It's not that I didn't want to come before. It was... It was kind of troubling, though, sure. to come to it sure. and, and just wonder, you know, are we going to have enough to have a Sunday school? Are we going to have enough to do this? And now we've just been blessed and blessed beyond measure. And um, I'm so thankful for that, 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 you know, I don't go to bed on Saturday night now wondering things like that. I go to bed on Saturday night now looking forward to coming to Sunday, uh, to church and to Sunday school. So it's just a blessing to see all of you here. And, and I'm so thankful that you're coming and continue to invite people and uh, uh, let's share with our community the, uh, the joy that we have here and Amen. the fellowship we have here, the spirit that we have here and, and the, um, um, the, the, the things that God gives us. Uh, Amen. Uh, if we don't share them, we waste them. Amen. So, Amen. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, as I was getting ready for this, this, this hour of the day, uh, I've been cleaning out a room in the back of our house. We're going to have some remodeling done back there, and, and it's just been kind of a catch-all room. Um, I don't know that anybody has a room like that in their house but us, but um, I found stuff from when I retired five years ago in a box still sitting there and stuff like that. So been going through some things, and I found this little book I had that was called um, The Case for Character. And I thumbed through it and read it. It's just a small little book, about probably 30, 40, 50 pages, paperback. And I just kind of thumbed through that last night looking at some things. And it was case for character for, now first of all, it said for government and then for business and for church. And, you know, it had several different, um, several different passages in it. And, um, and I got to think about character. Character. And, you know, character is, um, is what we do no matter what the circumstances are. Right. You know, uh, I think about Job. Uh, he held character. Uh, he was a man uh, of God. And when he, when he was at his lowest point, his friends tried to uh, get him to curse him. His wife tried to get him to curse God and die. He didn't break character. He was still a man of Amen. God. And, um, and so you think about that, and, and um, you know, I, I wrote down a couple of things that I thought maybe went with character. Uh, to be steady or steadfast in, in your life and your and your beliefs. Um, faithfulness and to be unwavering, no matter what the circumstances are, you know, to be um, you, you've seen some people that I, I say you, you have to figure out what day it is to figure out which one of the persons is gonna be there. I, I don't like to have to figure out what people are, are gonna be today. I like to be the same all the time. Uh, be steadfast. So you know, with that in mind, I just found a little scripture here in the first chapter of James um, that just, um, it just kind of went along with my thoughts on it. So I'm going to read that to you and we'll go on from there uh, to Sunday school. But it says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. 
My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he, uh, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because it's the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. And that's that's all we'll read. It's just uh, we all come upon things. We all have problems. Um, but he told us to be steadfast with him and ask him, believe him. And and um, and I think that has to do with our character. If uh, you know, if every time some little something comes up that we just fall apart, then if I'm that way, I can't be much help to Chris or to Bo. They, they won't know what shape I'm in. But if I could be strong all the time, I could be just steadfast in, in sure. what little um, what little help I can be, um, then they'll know what condition I'm in. They'll know that, that I'm available. So as we grow uh, and, and go through life and grow in a Christian walk, um, let's just keep our character right there where it's supposed to be. And, and people will know who we are. They'll know what they can expect of us. And, uh, and um, it'll, it'll be something that will be beneficial to us that we can help people. It'll be beneficial to the people that we can help along the way. Because um, we certainly do need, we need help along the way. And I do, and we get it. And if, if there's something we can do to help, then we sure do need to be able to present that in a way that people can see it and, and be willing to take that. I had a friend one time that, that was going to take me out to lunch. And I said, Charlie, don't take me lunch. I'll buy my own lunch. And he said, don't take my blessing away from me. So I learned something from Charlie. He, he was my bus, and my best buddy at work. For, um, we worked together 23 and a half years. So, uh, and, and we lost Charlie about three or four years ago. He, he went on in to be with the Lord. But I learned a lot of things from him. He was steadfast. Sure. He was always upbeat and happy and willing to say what the Lord had done for him and what he can do for us. So uh, let's be that way so we don't we don't take somebody's blessing away from him. Anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we go to go to our classes? All right. If not, we'll take our we'll take our classes now. Wow, what a good looking bunch.
If everybody feels as good as they look, we're in business today. That's right, yeah. Butter, lots of butter. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Good, good morning, everyone. We're in the third chapter of Galatians. Anyone a word or thought from last Sunday you'd like to bring forth this morning? Um, if you've read ahead, uh, Paul's going to continue his argument uh, quite a bit, and I promise I'm not going to beat a dead horse over this scripture. But there's a lot of little nuggets in it that we will spend time on, but some of it we'll, we'll kind of go through pretty quickly. Um, just a quick review, uh, the church at Galatia, in uh, Galatia was uh, primarily Gentiles. But some of the Jewish Christians had come in and said, well, if you really want to be saved, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and you need to do this. And that's what Paul's addressing. But uh, I want to ask a question to just to make sure we're all clear about it right off the bat. Besides the fact that it was a commandment, that's the obvious thing. Why was circumcision such a big deal to the Jewish people? I mean, that's one of the things they said the, the Gentiles needed to do was that. That was number one. Why? Of all the things, why was that such a big deal? Was it cleanliness, they thought? Well, yeah, but it, it, it marked them. It separated them. It distinguished them from every other nation on earth. They couldn't deny it. If they had been circumcised for, for the rest of their lives, they were marked as a Jew, a child of Abraham. So, just like today, we say we're circumcised of the heart. And that should distinguish us from the world as Christians. Amen. It should be, it's permanent, that change in our lives when we're saved. So that was the big deal. That's why I think it was such a big deal to the, to the Jewish people because it, it distinguished them from the world forever, permanently. Yeah, they couldn't hide it. But it was also a work. It was a work, sure. And it was a commandment. Yeah, I understand. But now Paul's saying, let's, he wanted it here. He was more interested in the heart being changed. Yeah, and that distinguishing you from the world. Okay? Oh, I just want to bring that out this morning. Um, like I say, not going to spend a whole lot of time on some of these verses as we go through, but I will point out some things that are, that are really key. Um, anyone a word? Good to see some folks hadn't been here this morning, by the way. I'll finish buttering. Uh, and forgive me if I say something really dumb. I have a sinus headache this morning, so I'm not thinking real clearly. I apologize. Yes, I'm going to the specialist Wednesday, if you're wondering. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Who has cast a spell on you? Who has drawn you away that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. And I love the second verse. He's basically saying, I'm only going to ask you one thing. He's telling them a whole bunch of things, but he says, I'm going to ask you one thing. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Huh? Answer me. <laughs> yes or no answer. Yes, yeah. That's the one thing I'm going to ask you, church. 
how did you get the Spirit? Was it by your works or by faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you now are made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? Obviously, this church was persecuted, wasn't it? Just like they all were. If it be yet in vain, he therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doth he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And here's what I want to get to in these first verses. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Can I read that one again? They which are of faith, the saved folks, the same are the children of Abraham. I think I've gone over this before, but I want to mention again. There's really two groups of descendants of Abraham. There's the natural group. Those who were born to Jewish parents, who were born to Jewish parents, that goes all the way back to Abraham. They're what I would say are the natural born Jews. But then there's what I call true Israel now, which is those that are saved. And I know, oh, I know that's controversial out in the world, uh, the world of doctrine and churches and denominations. It really is. But... Um, in Michael's humble opinion, do you remember when Christ was sitting on the mountainside looking at Jerusalem and he wept over Jerusalem? How often I would have gathered, but you would not. How, well, let me quit skipping words. How oft I would have gathered you together like a hen doth her chicks, but you would not. But he kept going. He said, therefore, your house is left unto you desolate meaning empty with no future. Yeah. So what I'm beating around the bush all about, if I start getting into Revelations and it starts talking about Israel, now who is he talking about? True. Natural born Israel or true Israel? I'll let you decide that one as you read yourself. But for Michael, I think he's talking about the church. Yeah. We are true Jews, according to the book. Yeah. True descendants of Abraham because we got it by faith. Yeah. Abraham got it by faith. Yeah. Is everybody good with that? Disagree with that. That's okay. Now it goes back further than that. I mean, the Jewish nation would go back to Abraham. Mm -hmm. The natural born Jewish nation. Mm -hmm. But in, the, in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith, it goes all the way back to Cain. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to the sacrifice that was offered. Uh, a God that created this universe out of nothing. That's the difference between what we can do with our hands and what God can do. That separates Him from us in the fact that uh, we can take uh, something that's in this world and transform it or make something that we can clone people uh, in our time. Uh, but uh, God created this universe out of absolutely nothing. Right. 
He has that power. And his respect, uh, when, when Cain and Abel brought their sacrifice unto the Lord, he had respect for the one because it was offered in faith. That that we can have that's not made of this world, that that we can attain just purely uh, uh, from belief and trusting in God, that we can have that spiritual thing that he brought was faith, that spiritual gift. Uh, one did, and one did. My, one may have done it out of duty. A lot of people say it's because of the blood that was involved, and I'm sure that's that is a type of shadow, and it does uh, represent some aspect of the Christian life and walk. But uh, because without the blood, none of us uh, would be able to uh, uh, have a relationship with God. But it was also just the fact that he came in faith. That one intangible thing that Paul spent a whole chapter in, in Hebrews trying to get across to us. And, and I know that was later, but uh, still, uh, it's the same thing. It goes all the way back to the very beginning. It didn't just start with Abraham. Yeah. So if I was in the Old Testament, what faith did I need to please God? Because remember, it says pointedly, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. So what faith would I have had in the Old Testament? Faith that He was coming. Christ was coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had to have faith looking towards Christ and towards Calvary. Yeah. That seed of Abraham would come. Now, if the Old Testament's over here, they're looking this way. Which way are we looking? We're looking that way. We believe He did come. Yeah. So on both sides of Christ, there had to be faith. Yeah. Now, Paul's going to get to it in a minute, and we'll study it. The obvious question there, so what's the point of the law? What was the point of all that? But we'll get to that. Hold that thought, okay? Someone else. I want to skip down because Paul's going to continue his making the circle and come back and read the very last verse of the chapter because I think it fits right here. Well, let me back up one more, two more verses. I'm sorry. He said, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, Ephesians spends time in this, and I think Colossians does it well, where it talks about putting on the new man. I think of taking a, a coat off that's covered in sin and putting on a clean coat. You know, when we're saved, we take off the old man nature. We put on a godly nature. Yeah, a new creature. But he says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. You're either Christian or you're not. And there's no degrees of being a Christian. There's no rankings of being a Christian. Amen. We either have Christ in our lives or we don't. And everybody's got the same once that one dose fits all, one size fits all. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't say this arrogantly, but it's true. I'll say it of all of us. Paul's salvation isn't one bit better than yours and mine. Not one bit better. No. 
Now what we do with it, that's where it varies, obviously. What we call sanctification. What we do with it after we're saved. That we can have an input into. But what we get, and we talked about last Sunday, everybody getting there is different. But when we get there, it's the identical same thing. I guess, Sister Pam, I have to mention what an old deacon used to say all the time. At Calvary, there's level ground. Everybody stands the same. Yeah, because everybody's forgiven. Brother Bible, could we just as well also say that a true church, there's neither Baptist, Baptist. Agreed. Church of God. Agreed. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, yeah. I'll be saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I've made the comment there's not a sign on heaven that says Baptist only. There's not. There's a sign that says saved only. That's what it says, yeah. yeah. No, Brother Chris, I agree. There, there should be church. Not, but folks just can't seem to get along. So now we have denominations, right? That's, yeah, just to be honest about it, yeah. No. Um, I'll tell you first, my mother was raised Church of God. My grandmother was raised Methodist, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, not going to throw any rocks. As long as they believe, you got to be saved. <laughs> now, there's one they got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let me finish reading this, though, because he emphasizes it again. If ye be in Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, keeping these scriptures that I've just read in mind. You've got a little better background when you go reading like Revelations. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know some, a lot of folks will say, oh, you just can't toss Israel out. Well, maybe I can. Maybe I can. I didn't do the casting. Somebody else talked about them being left desolate, not me. Natural Israel. Yeah. Ah, anything on that? And we'll move on. All right, number 10, verse number 10. For as many as are, blah, blah, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, we've heard that term all the time, and I want a good definition. What was the curse of the law? Couldn't you couldn't keep it. It was impossible to keep. Yeah. And there was no remedy. In the Old Testament, there was sin and punishment. And nothing in between, was there? Yeah. Yeah. What? I was just thinking, if, if the law could have fixed us, then there would have been no need for a yearly sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Once we all got fixed, would it yeah. have Remember that? Yeah. 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 And, you know, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, the whole creation was cursed when it fell. But yeah, when we see that phrase, the curse of the law, we're guilty. We're all guilty. Yeah. I believe one scripture said we were born in sin. Yeah. So that's the curse of the law. And we'll get later on where what was the point of the law then, okay? Verse 11, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. 
And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Here we go. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yeah. What does it mean to redeem something? It means to pay the debt for it. Say Bobby owes Bo a bunch of money and Bobby's in jail. I can pay Bo the money and get Bobby out of jail. Yeah. I have redeemed his debt. I've made him happy and now I've given him grace and redeemed him from that debt that he owed. What about Ruth? Mm-hmm. Ruth, and, and, and when Boaz redeemed Ruth, he, he, he was responsible for her from now on. When Christ redeemed us, he's not just doing a one-time thing for us. We're just from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like washing your car. You wash your car and it can yeah. pretty. Until that first little rain shower comes by or you pop under a tree or something. And before long, that car is dirty. It has to be washed again. That's so you're not redeeming your car, you're washing it, you're cleaning it up. But but redemption, is, I mean, it, 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 it's there. You, you, know, yeah. you don't have to get redeemed and redeemed and redeemed. You have redemption, and it's a continuous thing. In Michael, we don't use that so much in our mm-hmm. everyday life. Yeah. Now, but... but you know, we have under the laws of our country, our state, we have from October 1st to December 31st to pay our taxes. Mm-hmm. By the end of December, if we have not paid them, we get a notice in the mail that says you need to pay them. And if you haven't paid them by the 1st of March, you get a certified letter in the mail. And then by the 1st of May, your name's running the paper to say, you need, you need to pay attention to this. But then there's a tax sale, mm-hmm. and somebody else steps in and buys that. But even under the laws of our state, there's a three-year period to redeem. And it comes, it's, it's, it comes yours, it's mm-hmm. no, nothing in their power. And um, we deal with that at my office on a daily basis. Somebody comes and says, I want to redeem my property. And that's a wonderful thing that they can do that. And um, that's just a modern day application yeah, yeah, yeah. where redemption is. And you put a great phrase in there, it's like it never happened. That's right. That's right. When we're redeemed, it's like our sinful nature never happened. Yeah. <laughs> We were never under a curse. Yeah. Someone else. Thirteenth verse, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. There had to be a price paid. Yeah. That debt that we owed had to be paid. There was no way around that. But rather than us live cursed, Christ became cursed on the cross. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Yeah. Everybody that's crucified is considered cursed, outcast. They didn't even do it in the city, did they? They did it outside the gates. 
Yeah, because they considered it so cursed to crucify. Yeah, but crucified for us. Yeah, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Who had the Spirit in the Old Testament? Prophets, the priest, high priest, and the king was the only ones that had the Spirit like we have it today. Okay? Yeah. How much time we got? Oh, just a couple of minutes. Fifteenth, brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a, just a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Even between men, if you make a covenant and it's confirmed, you don't take away from it, you don't add to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. Now this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years old, years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. And here's the question. Wherefore then serveth the law? He said, what was the purpose of the law then? If I'm, I've been bashing it for three chapters now, what good was it, right? Well, here he tells us, it was added because of transgressions. I guess we could say the law was our own fault, wasn't it? Yeah. It was added because of our transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hands of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. You know, usually if you're mediating, what have you got? Two different parties? All right, go back in Genesis where Abraham was commanded to make the sacrifice. Remember he dug the ditch, prepared the carcasses. God made the covenant with who? Himself. He made it with himself. It was just woke up and found Yeah, Abraham just got to see it as it went by. Yeah, pretty much so, yeah. Abraham wasn't able to keep that covenant, neither was man. So God's covenant through Christ really was with himself. Yeah. That Christ would take the curse away from us. Yeah. Yeah. Do 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 twenty one? Is the, is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness would have been by the law. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise of faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Yeah. Boy, a lot of this you can't really add to. He says it pretty plain and simple, doesn't he? But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up into the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, or to bring us unto grace, 
that we might be justified by faith. The law just shows us what we are and our inability to live righteously. Yeah, that's really what the law did. Yeah, it pointed out we needed something. We came up short. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. That's a good verse to end on, isn't it? Yeah. Are we glad we don't live under the law? Amen. Yeah, we are. Yeah. But if we had have lived under the law, we were looking for that seed to come. Yeah. Yeah. So that the law could be written in our hearts, as it said. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I can attain. I don't deserve it anymore, but I can attain salvation because it's given to me. Yeah. He redeemed me by paying that price on Calvary. He took my curse. He took my debt. Yeah. And, and, and believe it or not, that is a stumbling block for a lot of people who struggle with, well, what do I need to do? But that's the, it's, it's the gift. It's a gift. That's the wonderful thing about it. It's a gift. The price was paid on Calvary. Yeah. That we just accept it. Yeah. Anyone else? I'm done. <laughs>